Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. Hello, legends, and welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the podcast that actually talks with the superstars and not about them. This is Spotlight, one of our off-season specials. It's out every Wednesday night, and we're focusing the light this week on my man crush, Dale Finucane. Following is a collection of short interviews we've done for you. Enjoy. Second of June, 2012, Canterbury versus South Sydney at ANZ Stadium. Dale Finucane, that was your debut game, mate. What do you remember of it? Yeah, I was um, I was really excited. Obviously, when I got the call to to make my debut, it's funny. I think you know, speaking to my manager a few weeks later, I think Des had a different plan to possibly debut me, and I think it was because I'd been 18th man a number of times. Yeah. I've probably been eight, you know, five times that year. Um, so you know, I, I thought that an opportunity might have been around the corner at some point soon. And you know, speaking to my manager a couple of weeks later, he said that. I think Dez's plan was for me to be at his man and then tell me during the warm-up that I was going to be making my debut. Wow. So <laughs> I'm very glad that that actually wasn't the way that it unfolded. It probably probably would have been okay because it wouldn't give me any chance to have any nerves or think about it. But uh, I was grateful to be able to find out during the week that I was going to be playing. But, um, yeah, obviously, you know, I probably played, I think it was 25 or 30 minutes in that first – in the, my first – uh, game in first grade and I remember at one point I was you know getting pretty overzealous and I was standing beside Mick Ennis at the time and um, it was a really tight game actually and I'd sort of try to fly out of the line to try and put a shot on Sam Burgess I think and rather than put a shot on Sam Burgess I think all I've done was um, smash Mick Ennis off the tackle and he's <laughs> offloaded it and passed to maybe Dylan Farrell I think who's nearly gone the length and ran 80 metres uh... And uh, I think Benny Barber literally tackled him over the corner post, um, you know, and that would have put them in front. And that was at, you know, maybe five or ten minutes to go in the game, I think. So, um, you know, that's a pretty fond memory of, of nearly losing the game for, for the boys on my debut. But, um, yeah, very fond memories. It was sort of uh, made very special. I think we went out that night. I think, you know, James Graham, um, you know, Greg Eastwood, um, Nick Ennis, there was a lot of you know, boys that come out and celebrated afterwards. And I just remember... You know, how, how special I felt, um, you know, obviously everyone's excited when they make their debut, but, you know, how special they made that moment feel for me, um, you know, during the game and after the game as well is, you know, a moment that I'll never forget. Do you now do the same for younger blokes making their debut? You go out of your way as a result to make sure they know how special the occasion is? Yeah, as I said, I, I remember how special I felt, you know, yeah. when older guys especially sort of got around you and, 
and made you feel really part of the team and, um, you know, really honoured, you know, obviously the journey that you've gone on to get to where mm-hmm. you are to be able to have your dream come to fruition is, you know, is really exciting. And, you know, to be able to do that now for our younger guys, you know, I, I like to, you know, I think that I'll make the effort to make that feel special. And that's probably something that, you know, we pride ourselves on at the Storm as well is really honouring, you know, whether it be a milestone game yep. or whether it be something to do is, um, you know, making that person have a really fond memory of, you know, whether it be their debut or a milestone, you know, to look back on it being a really good memory for them. Thanks for stopping in, buddy. It is always a pleasure. Thanks, Eddie. They were originally the big four, then they were the big three when Greg Inglis left the storm, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith. There have been many who've actually laid claim in the dressing rooms of the storm to being part of this elite group. Dale Finucane has lobbed plenty of good-natured boasting, plenty of laughs over the years, but who's mounted the best argument for inclusion in this group, you reckon? Oh, that's it's probably someone who's not even a current player at the moment. It's probably someone who thought that they should have been involved in it, and it's Ryan Hoffman. He, uh, he often comes to uh, some of the, the team meetings and things like that if there's a presentation on that um, he'll he'll um, talk about his inclusion as, as one of the big four. We uh, Sort of while we were up in the, uh, the Sunshine Coast, we often had, um, I think it was a segment, it was back in my day, and, and Ryan Hoffman ran it. And uh, he'd often pick out a player, um, you know, to keep an eye on it. was kind of like a uh, an increased um, highlights package, maybe like a five or a six-minute yeah. highlights package. And often it had Ryan Hoffman's highlights. <laughs> He'd obviously pick a game where he played really well, where he's offloaded it to, to Billy who scored a try or he's done something miraculous, but he's he's highlighted someone else, but really he's doing pretty good in that game. Yeah, I <laughs> so, love it. He's pushed for a, a inclusion in the big four, I think. You're not the first person to toss in Hoffy. Mate, they're all gone now. Has there been anyone that's put their hand up to nominate for the new big three yet? Yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd obviously be hard to go past the spine players, you know, the hooker, the halves and fullback. And obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen's, you know, since he debuted in 2019, has come a long way. Um, you know, Jerome Hughes has just re-signed with yeah. us as well. Obviously, Munster. You know, Brandon and Harry there, so, you know, there's three or four players there, so. Mate, I've got a tip. Get in early. You're the co-captain. You can pull rank. You can claim a spot as a result. Uh, and you get to pick the other members too. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the chat. Yeah, no worries, mate. Hey, Legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Okay, admission time. Well, I've admitted it on live national TV, so here's not so bad. Our feature interview this week 
is with my man crush. I don't know why, I don't know how, it just is what it is. Dale Finucane, that is a seriously awkward introduction for the interview. <laughs> I apologise in advance. I'm excited, mate. Thank you. <laughs> mate, now we've got out of the way the calf injury. Um, how are you travelling? Yeah, feeling good now. As I said, I'm, uh, I'm two and a half weeks sort of post-injury and, you know, I'm walking around, you know, quite normally now. I'm doing sort of some reactive stuff in the pool, which is, you know, really good. And, you know, I'm feeling very stable at the moment and, you know, I'm looking to, yeah, round four, round five to sort of return to start playing again. Termed by many the old man's injury. Who's given you the most grief? Oh, no, it's funny. I, I haven't had too many of the, the players sort of say that. It's just, you know, people, you know, out and about that sort of, I've probably had about 20 or 30 people yeah. recognise that it's an old man's injury. And, and as I said, I've never heard that term in the past, but I've heard it, you know, at least 20 or 30 times from people back home or people who I've seen at, um, you know, sponsors' nights and those sorts of things. So it's, um, <laughs> I've, I've learned to wear it. The timing of it sucks. How frustrating. Let's let's look at this. Premiership, Origin, named co-captain. You also get to return home to Melbourne after a long time away. Then a week and a bit prior to the season, injury. It, it couldn't be worse timing. Yeah, it is. It is unfortunate, um, you know, to get through all the pre-season and, and then have an injury like this. But, you know, sort of looking, looking at last year, how I'd, you know, I'd injured my other calf and the fact that I, you know, was touch and go to get back in time for the end of the season and, you know, I got back for the preliminary final and then um, obviously got to play in the grand final. So, you know, if I could have it either way, you know, I'd rather do it now at the start of the season where I've got, you know, a lot of time. I've got a lot of time to get the injury, you know, under control, whereas, you know, the back end of last year I was really struggling and there was a genuine chance that I wasn't going to be, you know, back to... Yeah play in, you know, the prelim and the grand final. So, um, you know, looking at it sort of from an optimistic point of view, it's, you know, I'd rather do it now than, you know, what I did last year. You've done both calves in the last 12 months. Is there any correlation or is it shit luck times two? Yeah, it's just bad luck. You know, I, I spoke to um, our physio and our, you know, I had a performance about, you know, if there's any correlation between, you know, if you do one calf, is it are you likely to do the other one? But, yep. you know, I don't think there's any sort of relation there. Um, as I said, I think it's just really bad luck. Just, you know, unfortunate that, you know, I did the first one and then, you know, the second one, you know, four or five months later. Most footballers are very average spectators at a rugby league game. What are you like and who do you sit with when you're on the sideline? Uh, I mix it up a little bit if I'm if I'm injured. Sometimes I'll sit down on the sideline, uh, you know, next to the players. So obviously, you know, sitting in that environment, I don't want to be too animated because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, that to rub off from the players at all. Yep. So you know, I usually sit there pretty quietly or if there's any sort of you know, advice or anything that I see that was on the field that I can offer up to any of the ruck forwards, I'll do that. But um, I'm probably even quieter sitting up in the box. <laughs> I'm sitting up with, uh, with Craig and the coaching staff up there. Um, sometimes he'll ask an opinion of, of what he thinks or, you know, to keep an eye on, you know, particular guys out on the field. But um, you know, generally, I just go up there because it's a better view to, to watch the game and it's nice and quiet. But, you know, I'm probably the most animated when I'm at home, actually. Um, you know, it's hard to watch as a spectator and, you know, as a player when you're sitting on the sideline and that's probably where I'm most animated is, you know, yell at the telly. I've been lucky enough over my journey to spend 
many games in, in different coaches' box, including one with Craig. It is an amazing eye-opener that I'll keep most of it private because, you know, they trusted me and allowed me into the inner, inner sanctum. But I can say, as you would well know, it is an amazing eye-opener where players can go from, he will never play again, he's the worst player in the world for making that mistake, <laughs> to I love him, he can marry my daughter and he should be a four-time yeah. Delhi M winner in the space of 90 seconds. Yeah, as I said, I won't give too much away about his, the intersection of the coach's box, but, but um, you know, it's not. It's no secret how animated Craig's get, yeah. how animated he gets up in the box, and you know he's got a real knack for calming it down in that walk between getting to the from the players' box down into you know where he's addressing the players, and that's probably one of the biggest things that surprises me is the fact that you know he can change it yep. um, you know, so quickly. So you know that's that's one of his real strengths. He's been able to go down and you know address the playing group really calmly because you know. While he's animated, that's not always the best way to approach players, um, you know, when you want to get the best out of them. And I think that's something that Craig's, you know, I've spoken to Cameron and, you know, Cooper and Billy about what he used to be back in the day, you know, when they used to watch their video on VHS and they used to press pause and rewind and yeah. do it to how he's adapted now, you know, with technology being one thing and, um, you know, with players, you know, these days, obviously, you know, back in the day you could get away with being a bit more stern to players, whereas... Know, probably not as much, you know, in the modern day. So I think speaking to those guys, his adaptability to be able to do that and, um, you know, cater to different players, you know, how they like to receive feedback. The co-captaincy, congratulations. First time I've spoken to you since the announcement, mate. What does it mean to you? How important is it to you? Yeah, it's very special to me. It's, um, you know, there's only been a handful of club captains, you know, long-term club captains, in the, you know, 20-odd years that the Melbourne Storm's been, you know, in the premiership. But, you know, Cameron was a captain for, I think, 14 to yeah. 16 years. I think there was a two-year period there where they, um, you know, had a five-man rotational system and he was involved in that from, I think, 22 or 23 years of age, yeah. which is you know, remarkable. But, um, you know, I, I first got the phone call from Craig, I think it was a month prior to starting back at training. Um, I was actually sitting with uh, former teammate Tim Glasby, yeah. Um, just having lunch and I got a phone call out of the blue just saying that uh, he was going to go with co-captains this year with myself and Jess. Um, you know, so I was really excited to receive that news. Um, you know, to be able to do that with Jesse is, um, you know, a very proud moment and I know what the club stands for as well and, you know, the success that it's had over such a, you know, relatively short period of time yep. considering how long we've been in the competition is, um, you know, I'm very proud that, you know, I'll be able to be part of leading the club. Really random question, but if the phone rings and you see Craig Bellamy's name pop up, if you answer it, you answer it. What happens if you don't answer it? Does he get the shits? No, he doesn't get the, he doesn't get the shits. I, I've called him a couple of times and it's gone to voicemail and vice versa. So Okay. Um, yeah, he's, he's not too bad with that sort of thing. Usually I do question what, what, the, what he does want. Yeah. <laughs> Just, not, uh, it's not often that I get a call from Craig. Obviously, we see each other every day. So if he's calling me after training at home, I'm, I'm wondering what the phone call's about. But, um, nah, he's pretty good. I think him and Munster, they're, um, they call each other a little bit with a bit of banter, I think. I think um, Munster, he's got a, a gig with Masashi, I think, and he's been getting around on the – 
the back of the buses down here, I think. Okay. Um, so I think Craig's into him a little bit about, you know, when he comes back after preseason, sometimes not coming back in the best nick and he's the uh, advocating for Masashi, the uh, the protein brand. So they uh, they call each other with a bit of banter, but um, yeah, there's Brandon and um, Brandon and Munster are probably the guys that are calling him, you know, Mate. outside of Storm now. Mate, does co-captain sit easily with you, the, the term leader? I guess what I'm asking is do you consider yourself a natural leader or is it actually something that you believe you really have to work on? Yeah, it's, um, you know, something that I, you know, think leadership is, is, you know, leading with your actions and that's yep. one of the, you know, one of the main qualities I think you need to be as a leader because, you know, it's easy to say things but, you know, your, your teammates aren't going to follow things if, you know, you're not doing or you're not actually those things yourself. So, um, you know, that's why Cameron was such a good captain. He was, he actioned what he was, you know, what he was talking about. He's, um, so I think, you know, one of the things that Craig speaks about is, you know, playing well on Sundays is, is something he says a good leader is. So, and Cooper Cronk came down recently and spoke to us as well. And, you know, he echoed Craig's sentiment in saying that as well. So, you know, if I can lead, you know, on the field and, and in, in training and, you know, what my behaviours are around the field, uh, sorry, around the club, then, you know, I think that's my main job as a leader. And, um, you know, that's something that I've always tried to pride myself on doing. But, you know, in terms of, you know, the other stuff that's involved with being a captain, you know, and, and a leader now is, you know, obviously the on-field stuff in terms of talking yeah. with the referee, that's something that's pretty foreign to me. I haven't done that for, you know, a long period of time since I was, you know, probably in the 20s or back in the Vega Roosters days. Um, so, you know, that's something that Jess and I, We'll just be learning on the run, I think, because as I said, Cameron's been captain for fourteen odd years, so we've never had to worry or think about any of those sort of roles. Where um, you know now we do, you know, other things that have changed for us. Obviously, just you know the increase in media stuff that we have to do now. But yeah. you know, outside of that, um, the biggest change for us will probably be the on-field, you know, talking to referees. Okay, let's go on the field. The game of a lock forward. Geez, it's changed in the last few years for me, anyway. What changes have you seen? Yeah, it's it's funny how the game's adapted over you know the last few years. It's you know some people, some teams, sorry, have you know a play a ball player where they've sorry a a, t, a lock in their side that's a bit of a ball player. And, yep. You know a little bit more versatility, I guess, than the traditional front row forwards. You look at you know someone like Jake Tabojevic, um, you know Cam Murray. Those guys are sort of ball play a little bit, and they've probably got those bigger bodies in their side who sort of do the you know, the crash and barge sort of stuff, mm. whereas, you know, someone like Jason Tomalolo, you know, he's, you know, he, he's sort of traditional runner of the ball, yeah. you know, someone who doesn't necessarily pass a lot. Um, so you look at some of the teams and, you know, they've got, you know, a bit of balance in their side, whereas, you know, you know, you take our team, you know, someone like Jesse Bromwich is, you know, a front rower, but he's got a, a lot of skill about yeah. him as well, where he can sort of play with the ball and, and offload. So, you know, it's funny the makeup of different teams and, you know, what coaches want to get out of them. But, um, it, yeah, it's definitely a position that's, you know, very adaptable in different sides. What do you prefer? Head down, ass up and charge or, or a little bit of finesse? Oh, you know, to be honest, I, I like to have a little bit of balance because yeah, yeah. You know, I think you need to have a bit of both. You can't, you know, that's, you know, something that, you know, as I said, Jake Trebojevic, you know, Victor Radley, those guys are, you know, 
probably create a little bit of deception because, you know, you don't know if they're going to run the ball, if they're yep. going to pass the ball. When you know that someone's just going to run the ball up really hard, it's kind of makes your decision a bit easier because, you know, they know that they're, you know, they're unlikely to pass the ball. So I think if you've got a little bit of uh, pass in your game, it just it just adds a little bit of a string to your bow, I guess. Thanks for stopping in, mate. Always a pleasure. Hope to chat again soon. No worries. Same time me, Andy. Everyone at some time has a question about their finances. For all your answers and a free chat, contact our sponsors, Galaxy Finance, and ask for Leanne. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact and mention Unfiltered for that free chat. A free chat, no obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Get in touch with Leanne at galaxyfinance.com.au. We've heard a couple of cracking stories so far on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. A bit of sledging too, all in good fun. Best I've heard is probably good mates Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy explaining what they think of each other's reactions when they're watching a game. Check out Craig Bellamy's Legends series interview to catch that exchange. It is a beauty. I think it's episodes 27 and 28 in the library. Dale Finucane has lobbed. Mate, you've been at the Storm a long time now. Do you have a favourite Craig Bellamy story that you would like to share? Now, you've got an element of power at the moment because you're a co-captain, so you can probably get away with more than some of the younger blokes. Uh, well, there's, there's no secret that, you know, Craig loves a, a blow-up, but uh, I'm sure I think one of the best. I think... I think my first year at the club was uh, it was in 2015 and we played a game out at Griffith against the Raiders, I think it was. Um, I think Munster didn't play well on the day. He, um, he played very ordinarily, I think. and <clears throat> I think he'd only played a handful of first-grade games at the point. I think he played two games in 2014, so he was really looking to you know, solidify a spot yeah. in, in the first-grade side. And as I said, he played terrible, and I think it was pretty well known that Matsu was up really late the night before. Um, you know, I don't know whether he was out getting food or whatever he was doing, but, you know, Craig wasn't happy about it. And we all sort of sat down, sat around that ground, um, you know, after the game. And I think he, he sort of he did, he wasn't backwards and coming forwards with with how he felt about, you know, Matsu's performance for that game. Um, you know, I won't give any details away, but I could, you'd imagine the, the swearing that was going on, you know, on the, on the field at that point in time. But, um, you know... Munster's uh, he's in, he's improved since then his uh, his habits and I don't think he's uh, don't think he's let Craig know that he's had a, a late night out since. Four origins on his resume should have been many more in my opinion. Dale Finucane, you were mentioned on the Origin radar by the media and the fans for years before you finally got your chance. How frustrating! How disappointing! How tough was it when the side was read out? You'd been mentioned, but you weren't there. Yeah, obviously disappointed, you know, when I would have loved to have been involved uh, in the side. But, um, you know, to get my opportunity in 2019, uh, game two was over in Perth. Um, you know, I was extremely excited. I got the uh, – first got the call from from Freddie, Brad Fittler, um, 
I think it was a day or two maybe before the camp uh, was due to begin. And it's funny, I, I didn't actually know because I knew they pick extended squads of, um, you know, 20, 21 odd players. Yeah. So I didn't know if I was just involved in the squad or whether I was actually involved as a player. Um, you know, he said to me, oh, you, do you want to play and do you want to come? And he, he, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't know 100% if I was playing or whether I was in the squad. So, you know, I sort of, once I turned up to camp and he, he might have said something to me about, you know, relative to actually playing the game, that, yeah. that's when it actually went on you. So uh, while I was really excited to be involved, you know, in the squad in any capacity, um, you know, I was, I was more excited to find out that I was, that I was going to play the game. Who was your first phone call to, mate? Do you remember? Um, I would have told my wife, obviously, first. So she would have been at home. But, yeah, I would have, I'm not sure which one of the pa- my parents I would have rang. Yeah. I uh, would have rang one of my parents to, to let them know. And, uh, you know, I think my mum, you know, mum was really over the moon. I think she might have cried, actually. Yes. She was you know, pretty emotional, um, you know. I think any sort of time where, you know, I've achieved something great, especially in rugby league, whether it's been a debut or an origin or something like that. Mum's always, you know, got pretty emotional and, um, you know, probably because, you know, she's seen the journey that, you know, every other NRL player goes through in terms of, you know, particularly the country guys where they live away and you you know, you got to travel so far to make rep sides and, um, you know, all the country carnivals, whether they're out in, you know, Wagga, Cootamundra, Dubbo, um, you know, they're sort of there for all those hard times when, sort of trying mm. to make it as a kid, you know, to see it sort of come to fruition and she sort of knew that those are my dreams as a really young kid. So, you know, when it came to fruition, I think she sort of saw all the hard work that had to go into getting there and, you know, she, I think she was just so proud of what it achieved. Love the emotion of rugby league. Thanks for the insight, mate. Chat soon. No worries, mate. Thank you. Hey Legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Ryan Pappenhausen doing his thing and doing his thing at a young age. To those that are around him, to those that know him, it's no surprise. Dale Finucane, I consider perhaps an extremely mature and professional young fellow. What's your perception? Similar? Yeah, definitely. He's um, you know, He debuted in, uh, in 2019. I think it was in round four he debuted. Actually, as a middle forward, believe yep. it or not. He was 80 kilos, ringing wet, and... Uh, Craig wanted to, to play him through the middle, I think, sort of at the back end of halves when our forwards are tired. They want to bring Paps on and sort of run around through the middle and, and, a, and a hooker, you know, and quicker play the balls. But, um, you know, in that time that he sort of, you know, transitioned from playing in the middle to playing at fullback and I think working closely alongside Billy Slater as well 
you can definitely see that he's matured, you know, in that time as a 20-year-old to now, you know, 22, 23 this year. Um, you know, he's in the last sort of year, he's been really vocal in meetings and, yep. you know, probably when he first came in, it's easy to sort of be that 20-year-old, just sit there quietly and, you know, take on the feedback and listen to what the coaches are saying. But, you know, he's really proactive now in, in voicing his opinion in meetings and if he sees something, um, you know, voicing that opinion. So, you know, I think that's something, you know, that Billy's really instilled him as well because that's, you know, something that Billy was in our meetings, was always really vocal and if he saw something, he'd let the whole group know about it. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's matured such a, you know, for, for a 22-year-old, he's yeah. got a very level head on his shoulders. I've known Ryan and the family for 20 years. My kids actually went to school with him and his siblings. He's from a good family. And whilst that's a great head start, the type of manner he shows, I think, is self-taught, the professionalism, the discipline, the preparation, the maturity. And without naming names, it actually doesn't happen with all young blokes coming in so quickly. He just seems to have moved into a very responsible position very naturally. Yeah, I think that comes with the position that he plays a little bit as well. Yeah. You know, he's obviously involved in our spine, so, you know, he has a lot of dialogue with our halves and, you know, with our with our hooker as well. So, um, and as I said, with Billy as well, I think, you know, the way that Billy played for us and, you know, how, you know, his active role in meetings as well, I think has really rubbed off on Pats. And I think, you know, Billy's really taken Paps under his wing as well in terms of, you know, they've been out for lunches and discussed things. And I think during that, um, you know, that break that we had as well, that, that COVID break, you know, I think they were really, um, they spoke to each other a lot. And yeah. I think that really sort of meant a lot to Paps as well to have, you know, a legend of the game, Billy, you know, even though he's retired, he, he doesn't have to come back and speak to Paps and, yeah. you know, go through video and send him clips and do all those sorts of things. So, I think because he took such an interest in, you know, having that fullback role, you know, play well for our team, I think that's, you know, part of the reason why Paps has really, you know, Riley has really matured and, you know, wants to make the fullback position his own and, and do as good as he can with it. 2020, what a year. What a fucking crazy year. For some, though, a year to remember. Dale Finucane, how do you look back on 2020? Yeah, it was a crazy year. You know, I think when we started the year, you know, we'd, we'd done our pre-season in Melbourne. Um, I think we played the first two rounds. Uh, did we play with crowds? We played the first yep. two rounds, and then, yeah, with crowds, and then, you know, after that, we we went away for an unknown period of time. So, you know, it could have been, you know, six weeks, could have been six months. We sort of didn't know at that period of time. So um, I think it ended up being about a six to seven-week period where, you know, we were just at home. Everyone had been told to return back to, you know, where they're from, whether it be New Zealand, New South Wales, Queensland. So, you know, everyone went back for a period of time that was unknown. So um what did we do after that? We went, we went back to uh, Albury where we did a three- to four-week um, yep. sort of mini preseason before the season had started up again. Um, you know, for the season to resume again back in Melbourne without crowds, um, you know, and then had to find out that we, we'd relocate to the Sunshine Coast, uh, which was initially meant to be for a period of two to three weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, which, which when we got there, and I think when we were talking to – we're in one of those Apollo protocol meetings. I'm um, talking to Dave Heslop, I think, and 
I think once the end of that meeting had occurred, we just realised that we're not leaving, you know, yeah. until the end of the season, which which ended up being a four month period. But you know, it was probably one of the best things, you know, for the club and you know for the people involved in it because you know it sort of forced us to like sort of forced the connection, yep. you know, between just the players but the the partners as well. And you know, a lot of the majority of the families had you know relocated up there and brought their kids up there. You know, some people had school age kids up there, so. Um, I think Jerome Hughes's uh, partner Molly, she was you know teaching a lot of the kids you know throughout the day, the school day, and then they return you know learn from their parents for a couple of hours, and mm. then you know go down and play the pool for a while. So it was been a pretty good school year for the kids. Um, and Frank Panisi's wife as well, actually our, our manager of football, she uh, she came and did some teaching for the kids as well. But you know I think yeah, as I said, it, it sort of forced it forced the connection, you know. To, because we were sort of isolated in that one place for that period of time. So, you know, if anything, it was a positive experience um, to do that. And, you know, I think winning the premiership, you know, last year, 2020, probably made more special because yeah. of what we did up the come to the year. As I said, you look back at the year and, you know, the competition had stopped for a period of time. We relocated to Albury for a while, back to Melbourne, then to the Sunshine Coast, sort of look back at all those things that we sort of endured and then, you know, to achieve the the big prize at the end was, you know, such a special feeling, and um, you know, and all the while, sort of, you know, doing it for the state of Victoria as well, because we sort of, you know, really empathised what was going on, you know, back in the state at the time. It was down in it was in lockdown. Yeah, you know, people couldn't leave their houses. You know, people were losing their jobs. So, you know, it was really, you know, special, and it really meant a lot to our players to make sure that we were, you know, representing, you know, where we're from. So, you know, it was made all the more, more special for that reason. You got one standout memory from the GF, something that'll stay with you? Oh, you know, I think obviously we started the game really well. You know, I think we were up, you know, 22 nil at half time, yeah. 26 nil, whatever it was at half time. So, you know, sort of went in at half time feeling really confident. But, you know, when they got back to, within a try and we had 11 players on the field. <laughs> uh, I was starting to get a little bit worried because, you know, we, we spent a, you know, nearly t- a 10 minute period for, with 12 men. And then I think Brandon was sent off with, you know, a, a minute to go or something. And, you know, we had to kick off and literally defend the one play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even though it sounds simple, defend one play, you know, there's 11 men on the field. They're, they're doing their best to, you know, to win the game, you know, I think once that final tackle was made, I think you know, Felice Kafusi made the final tackle on on the on the Penrith Panthers player. Once that sort of whistle had blown, like that's you know that was a really special moment because we all scrambled so so much during that sort of set of six, and um, you know, just sort of really yeah, really special moment. Love the insight, Dave. Good luck on the weekend, mate. No worries, thanks, Andy. That's it for another Andy Raymond Unfiltered podcast. And over summer, the footy talk just doesn't stop. It's the ultimate argument starter and Mondays is Dream Team, where a current or former superstar drops in and gives their 13. Might be best ever 13, the best they played with or wish they had. Best drinkers, best looking. Who knows? There's no rules, but plenty of laughs. Wednesdays, we catch up with one of the game's current players and put the spotlight on them with a collection of short interviews on a wide range of topics, both footy and away from footy. There's never been anything quite like this before, and we reckon you'll love it. 
on the weekend, the weekend session. Of course, you can invite any person, any era, any country or profession, dead or alive, to your place for the ultimate weekend session. Which eight do you invite and why? Our guests tell us who they've picked. We talk beers, barbecues and a bit of footy too. This is the only podcast in rugby league that speaks with the legends and not about them, and we're not slowing down over the off-season. Before you go, if you've enjoyed this edition, throw a five-star rating and review at us on the podcast app you're listening on. It's huge for us as we look to grow the brand and bring you more. Hope you're enjoying summer, and make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.